Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kurt Johnson, Ellie Johnson with us. The Barons. I'm looking at the front of the book right now. I Now, explain this to me. Isn't it a little chilly where you're taking this canoe trip? This one? <laughs> I mean, you know, Holly has done the trip before. 450-mile uh, canoe trip on the Thalon. It is Thalon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's Thalon, Thalon yeah. River. As far as I know. <laughs> Through the un- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ellie's like, he just says yes and figures it out later. Yeah. <laughs> well, Holly has done the trip before in the uninhabited Arctic tundra of the Barren Lands in northern Canada. Now, I'm a huge fan of Canada, but I ain't ever going up there. <laughs> I mean, that far north, that far north. That's way far north, is it not? How, is this a... Did you make this up? Is it a true story? I mean, this is amazing. Uh, well, uh, my, my daughter went to Camp Wadiwagan, uh, which is up in Ely, and uh, it's a big canoeing camp, and, and during their uh, final year, they take a long trip, and Ellie went on a trip with three other uh, women to the tundra in Canada, God, it's a sub, Ellie, subarctic tundra, and, and she, yeah. yeah, insane, and she was on the river with these three other young ladies. Yeah, two boats, just uh, two boats. Right, for like 45 days, uh, 45 over, days. O- over 30 of those days, uh, they never saw another soul, so she it came It was back. 50 days, 41st day was the first time we actually saw someone who wasn't a part of our group. Did you so even know how to remote. communicate with them, or was it like the pandemic, we were like, hello, how is weather? Oh, it was, it was bizarre, and you know, everyone's kind of bizarre up in that area, that far north, so yeah. they come up and you're like, oh my god, I haven't talked to someone outside of these, you know, three other women yeah. in uh, over a month, and then they come up and they're like, hey, how you doing? Everyone safe? <laughs> Stay off that side of the river. There's a big grizzly we're hunting. Oh, have a good one. Well, that'll do it. And that's the conversation. It's like very to the point. We're all gonna die unless we don't. Yeah, like you, we got to communicate about the safety, and then you move on and you you do your own thing. You go to your cabin and on. And you were on the river how long? Uh, we were on a total of 50, 52 days, 51 52 days, days okay. and then we came off trail. So, yeah, we but hadn't I, seen anyone for 40 days. I don't understand that. If you've not seen anyone for 40 days, how'd you buy your booze for the weekend? <laughs> you don't. I mean, we were, doing it. You don't. we were doing it through a camp. Uh, you know, some people sneak up pipe tobacco and everything, but oh, it's all about, yeah. you know, connecting with nature. That's yeah, good. Uh, you ought to tell them about the fact that uh, Widgeywagon doesn't allow you to have any toilet paper up there and there's no foliage on the tundra so what do you <laughs> like, do what are you do yeah what are you doing yeah you throw that in there um <laughs> of course uh well i mean it's not like they're banning you from taking toilet paper but the amount you'd need uh you have to pack it <laughs> that's out that's true <laughs> you're yeah not, we, they don't let you bury it so you're gonna have at least one pack that's filled with used toilet paper if you try to do that um <laughs> which might be worth it i don't know it's like one of the things in my life that i like having there's there's no leaves there's only moss and you don't want to wipe with moss for a variety of reasons oh, yeah. okay tell us what what are you wiping with ellie rocks <laughs> no you're not yeah with what rocks <laughs> You wipe your butt with a rock. Yeah. 
Go sit down there. <laughs> ma'am, 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 please. Get away from me. They're nice and smooth from the riverbed. Are you sure? And yeah, you yeah. start to collect them, too. You, like, spend this is your my trip. my wiping rock? You spend your trip seeking out wiping rocks. You got, like, a pocket in your life vest that's filled with smoothed out, nice flat rocks. That is the craziest thing. So it's kind of like almost like you're siphoning off the pee. Oh, my God, I can't even get into that. I don't I think can't. it's pee well, she's talking pee. about. No. So what, you just kind of air dry the pee? Because you guys can't, you're acting like pee, you don't normally wipe pee, okay? <laughs> Why am I the crazy person here? Yes. You give it a little wiggle. You just wiggle your butt and air dry. <laughs> <laughs> just like a quick run through the forest while naked and yeah, like we, air it all out. We haven't out. even been here five minutes and you got to go to LA. So sorry. So LA gets yeah, off the river. Everything. We'll do my she, birth story of me having a child next to make it feel comfortable. LA <laughs> gets off the river. She goes back to college. And I call her up. She's in an English literature class, and I'm a, I'm a writer. And I call her up and said, I've got a good story for a, a, a short story. Yeah. Two women go on this river, and one dies, and the other one has to carry her body oh, out God. for the next 30 days. Damn. And, and Ellie says, great idea. Dad, I'm really busy. Why don't you write it yourself? Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Love that idea for you. That's how much of my like, my mannerisms at work are always, that sounds like a great idea. Love that journey for you. That's that's essentially <laughs> what I said. I'm like, I'm still like, I'm three months into like my first year of college. I'm, I know I'm doing an English degree, so I'm yeah. just front loading literature courses. So I'm like, you know what? That sounds great for you. You just send it on to me and I'll fact check it for accuracy. <laughs> Right. So then I start writing the story and I realize, you know, it's about Ellie who grew up gay. And so I want to have two gay women on the on the on the river. Yeah. And then I start to have to make it authentic, which means I have to talk to my daughter about sex. And it's something as a parent, uh, you just don't want to do. You just don't want to know. Yeah. You know, (laughs) don't ask, don't tell. So we had a lot of good conversations, uh, a few of them at old uh, Liquor Lyle's down on Hannapin. Oh, yeah. God, those were the days. Yeah. Over some whiskey and pool. Yeah. <laughs> this is so there intriguing. You yeah, because Tom- you guys wrote the, ba- we wrote the Barons together, and I didn't even think about that, is mm-hmm. that you're going to have to have some of those talks. Yeah. yeah. He's, hand- he's handing <laughs> off scenes of lesbian romance to me, saying, does this, does this feel authentic? And I have to take him seriously. <laughs> That's so... <laughs> That's a good thing. That's you work right. with your kids. You work with Alex mm-hmm. and Andy. You could never. You could never go down that route. Oh, <laughs> talking about their sex life? Yeah. Not yet. No. Well, they're only they're only what thirty nine and thirty seven. So. Grow up a little bit. First. Yeah, yeah we got to grow up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can you imagine me talking to Andy about his sex life? No. Oh my god. No. <laughs> that would not go well. Me and my mom are pretty close, and I'll whatever. I, Bever, poor Beverly probably was not ready for the times where I was like, "Is this normal?" And she's probably like, "Oh hell no, that's not." But like, not even close. <laughs> well, as a kid, you don't want to have those conversations either. But I mean. I, I really do think you, you have to take him seriously. He's coming to you saying, like, I want to create authentic yeah. characters. Yeah. I want mm-hmm. these scenes to feel real. I don't want people to be, like, taken out of the camping journey by an awkward sex scene. So tell me honestly. Or worse, Kurt, if you were like, I'll figure it out. Like, that kind of arrogancy of, like, I, I think I know how I, I, I actually started doing that, and another uh, gay woman kind of ripped me to shreds, and yeah. so I started back from ground zero on that one. But <laughs> as it turns out... I do have my lesbian writing chops down. Good. I, 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 I did get the, or Bo, Ellie and I got the uh, uh, 
best debut and best general fiction novel from the Golden uh, Literary Society, Golden Crown Literary Society, which is a society of lesbian uh, writers. And so, uh, Kurt, you didn't make the speech on that one, did you? I, I feel didn't. like you would be a bad bait and switch. I, I, I didn't did. think that that in their convention in Denver they would actually pull me up on stage and let me win this thing. Yeah. So I didn't go, but I'm very honored to have it. I also yeah. we also won the Minnesota Book Award this year. Congratulations! They're prominently displayed right next to each other. He's very proud uh, to be featured as a lesbian author and honor a stand-in lesbian. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, he did his work. He did. He did the work. I love that. Are we getting a lot better with that, just letting people be who they are? Are we getting better? I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, uh, but really? It's, I think it's heading that direction. I mean, there was a whole cultural misappropriation thing that's been going around, and it's still going around, and it still exists in the kind of literary uh, society, and mostly in New York City. And they just don't touch, touch a lot of subjects. So that this book even got published is, is, is somewhat of a miracle. But why wouldn't they publish it? Well, because, you know, as uh, Laurie Herzl at the Star Tribune would say, you need to stay in your lane. So, you know, uh, we can't, I can't write about women, and I can't write about uh, ethnicity, and I'm supposed to stay in my lane. And I think that's wrong, you know. It is wrong, 100%. Could you imagine all your characters the same beat, where it's like, Well, is that what you're allowed to write? I think literature is about, like, exploring a human experience. Yeah, it's about empathy. Why should I just explore mine? Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, I, I just I keep telling people this this is not going to work until we start coming together again. Yeah, and we're getting further and further. Telling you what you can and cannot write about is none of their business. Right, right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and you know that there's a, a big push right now, you know, to read banned authors. But the reality is, is there's a huge banning in the whole literary um, community, um, just about subjects that they don't want to publish. So so the banning has happened before anything gets on in print. Yeah, and then there's a disdain for self-publishing, but I when this is what happens when you have a monopoly, yeah. you know. You, you, what we are willing to read as an audience is defined by four major companies deciding what's going to make the best oh, movie sure. and piss off the, less, the least people. The filtering, yeah. the automatic filtering. Sure. You don't even realize you're not even being presented with all your options. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I love being pissed off. Why can't I be pissed off? Yeah. Tom loves it. In fact, our ratings go down when he's in a good mood. Yeah, like, do. My whole job was created to just piss Tom off. And I'm, I'm killing basis. it. Just sit on some news stories for Daily when he's basis. like too peppy. Oh, yeah. Or I, I tailgate him. That was the thing I did today that pissed him off. See, it's great having you in studio because I would have never guessed that people are still asking you not to write about things that you're not supposed to know about. That's yeah. none of your business. Uh, yeah, but it's of course it's the it's the business of business yep, in New York is. City, yep. and they gotta they gotta they gotta play the game, and, and the game right now is for people to stay in their lane. But, but someone did take a bet on us, you know. Somebody yeah. did, yeah. It was Skyhorse Publishing, and I'm thrilled that they published us. But yeah. they're of course they're the publisher that also took on um, uh, Woody Allen after uh, his main publisher abandoned him. Right. You don't have to lead with that, Kurt. Like, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a really, that's I don't like have me. to go with that one. Wow. As a person, I always find myself being like, also, I made terrible, I burnt banana bread today. Like, you can go ahead now, if you've got that fact out once, okay. as you do your book tour, you don't need to mention that one. He anymore. hasn't yet. I'm actually surprised. But... Well, it's only on the Tom Bernard show. <laughs> okay. yeah, there you go. That's right. So, 
father daughter here. Yeah. Right? That's so crazy. If cool. you want to talk about your lesbian daughter, that's none of their goddamn business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, am I right? Well, and that's how yeah. it came to be billed, because initially he was rejected by a lot of people just for the very purpose of the fact that my my name wasn't initially on the book because I Why? That was my fault. It. We <laughs> Tom, Tom said, no way. Get Ellie's right. name off of there right now. Well, we worked on it together, and I said, you know, this, you know, you you wrote this fiction story, so take it, work with it, and tell people I worked on this with my daughter. That wasn't good enough. You had a lesbian story with a guy's name on the cover, so bringing me in was kind of how we ended up having to sell the book because no one was. Yeah, we're gonna take a bet on it when it just had a dude's name on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes, it's a little bit about empathy, too, and it's a little bit about me trying to understand my daughter. Yeah. And it was fun for me to ask those difficult questions, and it was fun for me to, to write about it. And, of course, now I'm trying to push my next book. Well, I want to hear about your next <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, my agent's still trying to sell it. But it's about uh, a group of people during the COVID summer of uh, 2020 uh, that are out in RVs, mostly in the Southwest and in camper vans, and they're communicating with each other, and they're trying to track down this abducted uh, woman. And it's oh. kind of a dark comedy. It's kind of fun, and it ends up in Las Vegas, and you know, a lot of uh, fun things happen in Las Vegas. It brings it to a. Can you say climax on this show? You go. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's like absolutely. The least not. of our words. Say dildo <laughs> and, and, and those things. <laughs> No, I want to be in a bad mood. Not in a bad mood, but I'm going to be pissed off the rest of the day. Why is that? <laughs> because I've told you, and I'm very, very serious about this, and I talk about this with my own family. Yeah. Because I'm a public figure. You can say whatever you want about me, but do not come inside the circle where my family is. Yeah. Don't come in here, right? Yeah. And you have the same right. We did this together. You wrote a book. You did the deal, all the rest of it. Sure. It, it's get out of their circle. Yeah. Right. Well, people have been so engaged with the narrative of kind of like how we came together to create this book. It's I think that's our unique perspective. And uh, like, well, my sexual identity is very much drives the book as a narrative. It's also secondary to just like the story of a person. But that person is gay and it is authentic. I will say that my favorite bad review, we've got like one one star <laughs> review on Amazon. And it's, I love I, I love obsessing over it. Yeah. Adore it. Because it's a woman who's so mad that she didn't know it was a gay story. And she comments. Oh, she didn't want to read a gay story? She comments, no. I, at first I thought it was a love story between a guy and a gal. And then I thought it was about two female friends. And then it turned into a, like a homosexual story. I'm sick of having the gay agenda shoved down my throat. One star, <laughs> I'm returning. Yes. It's on the back of the book. <laughs> it's also well, like, you know, okay, that? I'll be honest. We all know, we all know she'd be thinking about the women. Because you don't get that mad about something unless you're fighting something. She admitted she got to chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be thinking, she'd go back to that book and like, it's a little bit like, all right, I'm kind of into this. Oh God. And then the guilt that like, whatever. Because she, you can't be that mad about something if you're not like, fighting your own weird deep your own self-obsessed well, that's what i love even. about it she's she acts like she was tricked she was tricked Ellie, <laughs> and you know well, it a, she was bamboozled a, yeah. a little yes. bit of a segue back to what tom was saying uh my wife ellie's mother stephanie hansen has had radio shows and still has a radio show right. in 107 right. yeah and yeah. what's weird is, is that is that all of us maybe unlike you tom grew up where 
she talked about everything. Yeah. She talked about our sex lives. She yeah. talked about all the problems with Ellie. Yeah. And so everything was just out there. There was nothing that we were putting a wall up around. And I think I got a little mad about it at first. And then I just like, you know, what the hell? I don't really care. I know. <laughs> I'm very thankful my husband does not care about me. I talk about anything. <laughs> And Gogo is one, so we've been talking about her pooping through her diaper all, all week. <laughs> well, but she's yeah. going to grow into that, as yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, and how did that feel growing up? And that would be interesting. I always like talking to your kids about that, Tom. But you didn't give a lot of insight to your kids when they were young. You didn't talk about, like, you talked about them, but you were pretty good with boundaries with them. What do you mean, like, what, what boundaries? Like, um, <laughs> you wouldn't be like, I remember the first time I heard you talk about Alex ever dating is the guy she's married to now. And no, but before I, I that, you really didn't talk about like any too much about them. Yeah, that's true. And did you do that purposely, or was that something that you? No, knew? it just it was the way it was. I tend to be, have very natural reaction to everything. Like, I just love the fact that that Kurt already has a name for his next book. All the problems with Ellie. <laughs> I think it's a great name for a book. It's actually just a list. <laughs> yeah, it's just a list. It's not a book. It's just a list. That's exactly right. That's a right. long yeah. book. No, yeah. I don't... That's, it's a novel. <laughs> you know, you, like you talk about different things that the kids would experience, and they'd come home and want to talk about them. Well, I just mean like, like you that. didn't you didn't talk about your kids that much, and when they were like in their teens, oh, yeah. you kept a really strong bond with that, and now it's Until kind they of were open. fully grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ellie, you experience more of them. You know, your mom is like me. Like we're terrible boundaries. We'll just say anything. Yeah. How did that feel growing up with that? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of one of those things that it's like hard to evaluate when I have really not been consciously outside of it. I've kind of grown up within my mom's career. Like when she first got a radio show, I, I was like pretty young. I was like just starting to be like a conscious person, like around 10, 11 or so. Mm -hmm. And so I've just kind of grew up with her progressively, like getting a different following, getting a bigger following. Mm -hmm. But I do remember like when I came out and I was, you know, outed in school and then my mom kind of trapped me in a car and said, well, <laughs> trapped me. <laughs> she, locked the, she locked the door. Child lock. You're still a child. Still work on adults. I've done it on my own. No, she said, I'm picking, I'm picking you up after school today um, so we can talk. And I said, I have plans after school with a friend. She said, if I don't pick you up from school, then I'm locking the doors and you're finding somewhere else to stay tonight. And I was like, oh, she's serious. Oops. I got to deal with this. <laughs> so she picks me up and goes and parks somewhere. And I look at her and she literally presses the door lock and goes, we need to deal with this. <laughs> but so I, it ended up being a fantastic conversation. Yeah. And she's very accepting. And I mean, there's kind of a mourning process for this future that she didn't that you automatically envision. put on a, a kid you automatically put like i've already imagined and it's it's very stereotypical but i've imagined go go marrying a man mm -hmm. having kids just because that's kind of you just put your own projection yeah. on people and it makes sense yeah. i mean that's what we do with our kids yeah. but i think when i think about her her as a public figure she went through two things first of all how is society going to react yeah. to my daughter how is this going to impact her and her future because of other people not because of her and also then within the next month she was like can i talk about this on the radio yeah and i was like <laughs> you know what sure at this point it, most people know yeah. And oh, and what, and what about the whole uh, 
uh, idea of uh, uh, girl sleepovers, and mom would say, "Oh, she did talk about oh, that yeah. on the radio." Oh, that she, is, it's do so we funny. need to talk to the parents before Ellie goes she's over like, for a sleepover? She's, she's like asking <laughs> oh, her general audience, "What do you guys think? Do I need to do I need to call Ellie's friend's mother? Call in at nine eight nine." Yeah, there you go. Jesus there Christ, you <laughs> get your life together. But that you know, I just kind of grew up with it, and never bothered me. It never really impacted me until I started seeing like other people like my mom's fans come up to me and start being like oh are you still skiing i've been following your career for like five years there and I'm you like, go who are you who are you <laughs> <laughs> but you know i'm coming into radio now myself yeah. and I'm, I'm just getting used to it it's fun i like that people know some things about me already it's not i mean yeah and it, luckily you're you're finding great audience because they're you know they they want to connect with you and they're people that want to make connections like human connections and then just lovely it's the beauty of talk radio yeah well, I think that once you know all the things that are wrong with Ellie comes out, that third book, <laughs> it's, it's gonna really going to be really blow helpful yeah. to really nail down. This one's going to be rooted in the cities. It's going to get real gritty. <laughs> no, get rid of the canoe. The really canoe gritty. is gone. A lot, of, a lot of gay sex. Oh, do you want tips on how to get into a canoe? <laughs> oh, yeah, Yeah, because you. you don't want to see me getting into oh a canoe. Oh, my God, he's been... Okay, show your arms. Stay, stay low and stay in the center. <laughs> show him your arms first. Oh, I do. I have very, very long arms. I have very short legs and very long arms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, monkey. once you get into a canoe, you'll be great because you got that reach. I'm a monkey, though. <laughs> very monkey-like. That's all I have to say. You know, it's, it amazes me that in you know, 2023, we're still talking about people's orientation, people's sexuality. Why does anyone care anymore? Why did they ever care? I don't I, understand. Like, we didn't care who got, came into our bathroom, and girls could come into our bathroom, and... And anybody could come into the bathroom. We didn't care which bathrooms you went into. Now all of right. a sudden, going into a bathroom is a political issue. I don't. I, know. I don't understand that either. But one thing I, I will love is if you're going to ever get into acting or voiceover, you probably better not be anti-gay because you're going to work with some gay people in voiceover <laughs> yeah, and acting. Will. So yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever had a male agent who wasn't gay. They always were. <laughs> I don't know why, but they just always were like, yeah. oh, good for you, whatever. The same and cannot be said for literary agents. I'm no, guessing. <laughs> doesn't sound like it. It's so funny in the radio world, and this is not my saying, this is uh, one of my friends. She's like, my gaygent is just what gay-gent. you automatically <laughs> my say. My gaygent, baby. <laughs> because it's just quicker that way. Just My gay. You know, it's all about efficiencies at this point. Oh, I need to get me one of those. Yeah. Get a gay gent. You're going to want one. Apparently, there's a word for a gay uncle. A gunkle? A gunkle. It's a gunkle. My gunkle, my gaunt. Oh, my wait a minute. You can't go with gaunt. No, you can't. I like gaunt. Yeah, you like gaunt. Aunts exactly. always get the worst because, like, even like a funkle, a fun uncle, and then you say font, font? sounds like a noise like our vaginas might make at some point. Like, yeah, sorry. Jesus. Font. Well, there is a font. Font's an actual word. I didn't even know that. You it's didn't like really? Word right. part? Yes. You're yes. talking to My a writer. My book is written in Times Roman. There you a go. Font. That's a font. Oh, a font. <laughs> I was hoping you were What the hell was she thinking over here? What were you thinking? I was attaching it. Going. Like, what? I was going. And then I was like, what are you? Yeah, font and font. I mean, in my mind, I'm saying them differently. And I'm like, I didn't know. Is this a commonly used word? Like, is it like, yeah, you know, a, a deer walking in the sunset is a font? Like, You were starting to look embarrassed. I was starting to panic. I was like, Ellie knows it too? She was starting to I understand to panic. He, he's a constant author, but. Uh, oh, God. As worry was on my face. Well, I love the fact that you guys put out a book. Uh, so you kind of a challenge it sounds like because i still don't understand 
that a guy can't write about gay women. What? Why not? Oh, he can write about it. It just won't get published. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole part. That's the beauty of writing. You can write whatever you want. No one has to it's read like it. It's like the whole theory. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, are you really writing still? Yeah, that's, yeah. there's whole fan fiction websites devoted to just that. Yes. I, I still don't understand that the, the, the most supposedly progressive people make these kinds of decisions. Why would they make a decision like that? I don't know. Progressivism don't has know. become protectivism. It absolutely, very good point. Oh. Say that again. That's a great point. <laughs> Tom's going to love that. Point. He's going to get that on a shirt. No, progressivism has become protectivism. No doubt. We're not trying to like actually take steps forward. We're trying to protectively maintain what we've got. <laughs> right. Calm down, everybody. It's going to be fine, yeah, right? Yes, Why don't we help fun. each other out, get to know each other, find out things about the culture, all the rest of it. Right. Okay. Empathy. Have some empathy. My agent, when I lived in New York City, a guy named Scott, Scott was a gay man, and all he ever did was try to shock me. That's all. <laughs> Every time I had a meeting with him, got together, and it never worked, because I don't care. It's like, well, whatever. You know, it was, God. That was 40 years ago. I don't know what it is uh, about Jesus. you. I always want to shock you, too. Everybody wants to shock. I, just love, I love coming in here and saying something oh. aggressive and looking at you with your eyes turned into dinner plates. Like there's, I do it to my mom, too. Don't worry. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just, there's people in my uh, life where I go, I want to push the envelope so bad with them. Okay. Do you, do you have time for like a 30 second story? You so got I all was, the time in the yeah, world. Yeah, 40 years ago, I was living in New York City and I was out late one night, three other guys, and, you know, it was back in the day we were doing cocaine. And <laughs> well, no. I love like, no. no, I know about this. Don't worry. That we were doing cocaine. I mean, it was, the it was like four <laughs> or five in the morning. And, you know, we're taking a cab up top and we're asking the cabbie, what place is open? Where can we go? Yeah. Well, the only places open right now are gay bars. Fine, we'll go. You <laughs> yeah, know, there's cares? a lot of there's girls at gay bars. Yeah, who, who cares? cares? He drops us off at a place called the Crisco Disco. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and there's this guy. There's this guy, this doorman out front, and he's about six foot seven, bleach blonde hair, and he's got a steel gauntlet, you know, like from from medieval armor on his fist. Good God. And we start walking in there, and, you know, that gay scene in New York back in the, I guess this was the early 80s. I mean, it's weird. God, you and I were there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> at the Crisco Disco. And we we, got, we yes. got past the Aryan-looking um, doorman, <laughs> and we got in. <laughs> and thank nice. God this manager stops the three of us, and he goes, have you guys been in here before? Yes. Lies. <laughs> and he took no. a look, look at it, he goes, this place isn't for you. Get out. <laughs> really? He probably and, saved you from a I lot. Probably Ugh. saved me from a lot of... Uh, Agony, or I don't know what he saved us from, but you can't. I un- think agony. <laughs> yeah, right. Just thinking of that steel and fest. You, I think it's BYO Crisco. Like you have to bring your own Crisco because nobody yeah. wants to share I, I Crisco. Think they probably have tubs of it in the, okay. in the bathroom there. But community Crisco is not my vibe. So where did you live in New York? I lived in Hell's Kitchen, 44th between really? 9th and 10th. Yeah. yeah. I lived at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue, man. Loved it. 20th Street and 2nd Avenue. Exactly. Okay. Uh, 20th Street and 2nd Avenue. So that's Lower East Side? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that my was neighbor, tough. My neighbor was Joan Jett. Never met her. Really? All the years I lived there, I never, Joan never Jett. saw her even. 
Her brother was there all the time, but she yeah. was never there. Lesbians I, love the runaways. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Lesbians love runaways. I, I worked at 860, 870 UN Plaza, which was a very fancy sure. building back yeah, absolutely. then. Absolutely. And uh, it, it was I was an elevator operator in a full tuxedo. And I just push buttons all day long. Elevator That's not operator, a bad push job. Like, and I met uh, Truman Capote there. Oh, yeah. He yeah, didn't he meet you. He didn't meet Cliff you. Cliff Robertson was there. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of people. It was How fun working there. weird job. It was yeah. fun. Like, they can't push their own buttons. What buttons, I sir? Know. Truman Capote couldn't. Mr. Capote, what floor are you on? Yeah, um, but he was only like four uh, foot The 20th nine. floor? Uh, no, Mr. Capote, you're on the 22nd floor. I mean... I used to work late nights, you know, two, three o'clock uh -oh. in the morning, and uh -oh. Truman Capote coming back, coming in at that that time of night, he was usually wasted. Would you bring a book, or would you just sit there I'd, and stare I'd, at a wall? I'd, I'd sneak a paperback under my yeah. armpit. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so, because that'd be like <laughs> the bleakest thing ever. Sitting in a AirPods <laughs> don't exist at that time. I know. <laughs> yeah. Now, can you guys stay for another segment? Sure. I have nowhere to be. Yes. I, I just, because we've got a bunch of more questions. I just, the whole love. thing. I just, don't you think? I would love to have them stay. <laughs> absolutely. Now let's take a vote. I think I'm, I, I say we keep Ellie, get rid of Kurt. Kurt's got to go. Then you lose all the Coke stories. <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, we'll keep no, him. I gotta, yeah. I got to get back on track. <laughs> no, we love it. We'll keep you guys. We'll take great. a break. We'll be right back in a couple minutes more with Kurt Johnson and Ellie Johnson. The Baron's the name of the book. You should probably talk about the name of the book a little more so people know what the name of the book is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on that next <laughs> a good one. Plan. We'll be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take Personal Care Dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com keyword partner. Do you know the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day? Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Schatzko with MNFatLoss.com, and I know the secret. Our unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. If you'd like to lose unhealthy fat without counting points, no exercising, no prepackaged meals, no surgery, and no hypnosis, go online to MN. 
MNFatLoss.com. A reset like MNFatLoss.com could be the answer for you just like it has been for me. I'm not hungry. I don't crave carbs or sugar. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, that's about a pound of fat every day, no exercise required. Be sure to tell the team at MNFatLoss.com that Tom Bernard sent you. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600 or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C. Results may vary. Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at Walgreens and other participating retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. Dougie, how's life in Baldwin? I love it, though it's a bit hard to find a half-calf, decaf, heavy foam. I'll give you some heavy foam. Yeah, that's what he said. Anyway, I just came back from the National Ford meeting and got to hear Bill Ford, Henry's grandson, and Jim Farley, who's the CEO, talk about the future of the company. It was really interesting, and I learned some cool stuff. Read this. Ford builds more vehicles in the USA than any other brand. Huh? I thought it would have been Tesla. Not even close. Keep reading. Ford outsold Toyota in 2022 and is on track to do it again. I didn't know that either. Probably these commercials. Yeah, sure, Bill. Ford has successfully partnered with the UAW and hasn't suffered a strike in over 40 years. Ford also has the largest number of assembly workers in the United States. You know, Tom, I've really fallen in love with the product. From the electrics to the super duties, thanks to you, a lot of people have reached out to put Ford on their list. If you want to talk cars in general or Ford specifically, reach out to me at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called The Barons. Kurt Johnson, Ellie Johnson in studio having a good time. You make more noise than Britney does. Thank <laughs> you. Like oh, coffee. coffee. <laughs> Thanks for lowering the bar a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, we're just talking off the air about, uh, you know, um, critics, critiques, you know, negative comments, whatever the situation is. And I don't go on social media. I've been on social media in like 11, 12 years because I, I just looked at it and went, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's people, that, they don't even know you, but of course they know you. No, you don't at all, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I do have to ask you, um, because for years I've had to deal with, of course, first that I'm racist. I hear that on the news all the time. <laughs> and then I'm also a homophobe. So why would you guys come in and sit so close to a homophobe? Because <laughs> you never believed I, you it? You know, I'm going to throw something out here that probably isn't talked about. No, it's is, not. That's why I want to uh, talk about it. Which is the fact that we're all racists. We're all tribal in our own ways. And what we need to try to do is not be prejudiced. We try not to, you yeah, know. Bring that into the equation. Bring that into the equation. Yep. But to, to say that you don't have... Preconceived. Preconceived ideas about other people based on what, how they dress and how they are. That's just silliness. It's yeah. just not the real world. So 
you know, I just try to be a good person, but I realize that I'm going to have biases based on the way I grew up and, and who I am. Yeah. And it's not that big a deal unless you use them to hurt other people. Exactly. Right. Well, and acknowledging them can help you totally. be, be aware and like, move agree. forward and be like, oh, I'm coming to this situation with this bias because I'm you know, from a suburb and had, had knew like one black kid in high school. Better be aware of that when I walk into like a bar in the South where I'm the minority and just mm -hmm. like know that. And being like the whole idea of saying like, oh, I don't see color. Well, we, you do. We talked about that last yeah, I don't see color. We I hate that one more than so any of them. Yeah. That you was do. my mantra that's last week. That's a person that's not honest with themselves. <laughs> no, you're you not honest with right. yourself, and you're also not moving forward into but, a situation where you're going to like do anyone any favors. Forward. But for a long time, Ellie, this might be a little before, that was the mantra everyone said constantly to like prove they're not racist. I don't see color. I know, and yeah. I was a little go -to. too young for that to be it, like it was, the dialogue. It was what everyone said and so that's like my favorite one where i'm like i'm sorry i didn't even recognize you as black because i don't see color like <laughs> what, a joke. Uh, what a cop out like once again i'll um i know i've been, been beating the drum but li literally i took such heat for it all those years ago we do need to assimilate we're never going to be the same but if if you accept me and i accept you and we assimilate a little bit learn each other's cultures we need to learn a lot better but I was criticized. I, that's when they first called me a racist for saying that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think we almost... <laughs> the, whole, Ridiculous. The, whole, the whole idea of assimilation. I mean, because you want to keep your identity. You want to... Which is fine. You, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and there has to be a certain amount of assimilation because we need to get along as a culture. I mean, I, the word yep. I always go back to is... Uh, uh, empathy, you know, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, on this tangent and actually speaking of the book, what was so interesting about my trip that I went on was the areas you enter and end up in. Like I'm traveling in Canada in an area that is historically the hunting grounds of like all right. his historical Inuit communities. Right. Baker Lake, where we paddled into, is the biggest settlement of Inuit communities in the world, there's like 17 tribes who've kind of just come together okay. in that area. It's very unique. You cannot drive in. You can only fly in. There's one airport. Really? Or take a, a freighter, like from the ocean through Hudson Bay, a little bit farther north than Hudson Bay, and that's Baker Lake. Or you paddle in, like we did. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting coming in, like the weird isolation of the community, their interest in us, but hesitance to get anywhere near us. The kind of nature of fear is like a group of four women who went into a community that we feel very much not a part of and try to be separate from almost out of respect but also i think a protective nature right. and the fact that we hadn't been around other people for so long but the like five white people who were in that town flooded towards us i think out of this desire to be like i am perpetually an outsider in this community, <laughs> despite the exactly. fact that I'm living yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the principal of the school and the gym teacher who were married found us and were like, come, you can come take a shower here. Like they tracked us down in the grocery store because someone had told them we were in town. Because the members of the community were like, oh, some white people just rolled in. Go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is your job. <laughs> and the, the two guys who were working at the Love airport that. like for the summer, or for the, for the year came out, we're like offering us rides in the truck. The guy was like trying to give me the keys to his truck. I was like, no, I don't want to take your truck. He's like, well, you can't steal it. I'll find it. You can't leave town. But it, it was weird, that just like the inherent otherness, even from people who had yes. been living there. Yep. And this feeling of kind of like, 
we're all good, like everyone in Iraq, I wanna learn about your community. And the people in the community were really excited to hear about our trip, learn about where we were from, but there was an inherent otherness that was just, it was interesting to be in like the heart of, in such a remote place. It's like a microcosm of like our weird race dynamics yeah. in Canada and the US. <laughs> I just think it's a great idea to just say we're different, but we're the same, you know. Left is left, right is right, but we can all get together. Relax, everybody. <laughs> Calm down. Is our school system getting people to think that way? Well, <laughs> I, I... Never I would, mind. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's for sure a bias about that in the school system. Yes. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've talked about what's happened at Hamlin University. Right. Uh, and that whole thing backfired. So I'm sure there's a, a predisposition, certainly in this part of the country, towards that kind of thinking. Oh, well, and I think when you're talking about the public education system, it's less about development, what we should be doing, what we should be teaching. It's very survivalist. Yeah. It's how to keep teachers in the system, how to keep <clears throat> class sizes from hitting 50. It's hard to say what the public school system should or shouldn't be doing because it's it's hanging on by a thread it's not doing anything but right. uh, trying to keep kids right. in its doors and even it's struggling with that so i it's hard to say it's doing anything but just holding on <laughs> no you're absolutely right we got to bring jeff passold on and i know this is going to sound like really negative but but are you interested because you're a girl and don't know anything about sports uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know a little bit about some things, but I'm always interested. I'm a boy and I don't know anything about sports. I hate baseball. I hate baseball. I don't understand basketball, and I like the fights in hockey. I boxed growing up, so if there's a fight, I'm all about it. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I can throw a punch. Oh, I bet. She was ruthless. It's kind of fun. It was the old gym in Northeast. What was it called? Uppercut. 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 Oh, my God. And they did some, Ellie and her day did some. She scared me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and the the women, man, they would not hold back when Ellie sparred with these other women. Oh my God, it was craziness. And Ellie got in there. She was about eight, seventeen years old. Got in there with a twenty-two year old boxer that was really good. She was the Olympic second string team. She gave me a bloody nose. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was pretty exciting. I had a video of it at one point. It was pretty exciting. Oh yeah, where's that? <laughs> I don't know. Is Pass ready to go? Sounds like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Passelt, Kurt and Ellie Johnson are in studio with us today. Father and daughter, they wrote a book called The Barons. We can talk more about that, but basically we're going to try to educate, uh, as it turns out, not Ellie, but Kurt. <laughs> But what sports is all about? Oh, is that right? Well, would you tell a couple of our teams that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, right. you wouldn't be talking football on both sides, would you? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was a rough weekend. But, oh, you know, terrible. Uh, not surprising, uh, having seen what uh, took place uh, the weekends before. So, the, the the problem with it is, how do you fix it? And I don't see a lot of solutions within the system of the Gophers or the Vikings. Uh, they pretty much have what they have. And then you, I think at last count, there were about four or five starters who were injured and out. I don't know if they'll be back in time for the San Diego game Sunday. But, you know, so you're thin at certain positions. And then your main guys get hurt. 
Well, now where did he go? Did they sign any free agents? I don't know. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything either. Yeah. Well, the saving grace for the Vikings is that uh, the Lions uh, couldn't hold on to a lead and lost in overtime. And the Green Bay Packers couldn't do a snap count and lost their game uh, after leading the whole way. So, uh, you know, they're only uh, uh, one game back, basically, instead of, uh, you know, the other teams being 2-0. and so. Do you think people are getting dumber by the day? Is that what the problem is? Well, you know, uh, that Green Bay, are you talking about the, the snap count and all that? Yes. How you can't keep track? Yes. Well, it, it amazes me uh, how often linemen jump off sides after doing those plays right. time and right. time and time again. You know what the snap count is. But then again, they're in a, in a loud stadium. They're on the road. And the other thing is that's kind of a trick play. I think Rodgers has done it before where he steps up to the line and the other team thinks he's going to go through this long cadence. And all he does is hip, hip, and boom. You know, so he's trying to catch the other guys off, uh, off uh, guard. And Jordan Love even admitted that uh, he botched up the call in the, in the uh, huddle so that not everybody was clear on what the snap count was going to be. And you think something simple like that uh, could never be goofed up. But right there, you know, when you got uh, 10 other people around you, it's like the game of telephone. You know, I'll tell the first guy this, the next one will tell them that. Right, right. So, but uh, I think uh, that they should just jump in the ring with uh, Ellie and she should beat the (laughs) crap out of her. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. There's no question about it. Well, we do have a uh, a baseball team that won three out of four. Pretty tough to run four games in a row, but they beat them three out of four pretty badly. Um, this team's reminding me more and more in 1987, Jeff. They look uh, very, just a lot of different similarities. Um, and, uh, again, their depth of pitching, pitching they got, the, what, Sonny Gray, a great outing yesterday. Oh, it's wonderful. But, yeah, uh, well, you know, I, earlier in the year, Rocco pulled them from a game, and they got in a bit of a tiff, uh, to say the least, in the dugout. And I sure hope that doesn't determine his future. But for the time being, uh, let's hope that uh, he keeps rolling along, along with uh, uh, Joe Ryan. And then the other bits and pieces that, you know, it's kind of a patchwork. But uh, like Kent Herbeck said, uh, the twin staff, they, what do they have, Bert? And uh, Les Straker and oh, Frank Viola. Yeah, remember that. And after yep. that, they that that was their starting rotation. Basically, it was uh, you know, uh, well, who's going to pitch the fourth game? So, um, I uh, I I got caught up on uh, Byron Buxton yesterday. Now they say he might be back, or they plan to have him back before the end of the year. Okay, well if he's back. Then what do you do with him? Because you run the risk of him getting hurt again if you're getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that he's he's that uh, um, fragile. And uh, look what they're doing without him too. I can't wait to ask Herbie this. Uh, is there a concern that it might upset the the mojo that they have going on if you you know bring him? He hasn't played since August first, right? You know. So you're you're going on uh, uh, damn near two months, um, and 
I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised to see him in a Twins uniform next year. I would have to agree with you. That, yeah, I, I, he's always hurt him. He's got a lot of talent. There's no question. He's very aggressive. And certainly in the outfield, that led to a lot of injuries because he's a very aggressive outfielder. Uh, yeah. So you got to tip the cap to him. He's not lazy or anything. He just, he just gets hurt all the time. I don't know. Yeah, he, he, he he's so aggressive, uh, and his yep. body isn't isn't built for it. And then, you know, this is a recurring knee thing. It's under the patella, apparently, uh, which is at your kneecap there, and uh, all that uh, uh, meniscus and stuff in there that's so easy to swell up if it just gets. You know, think of bumping your knee, kind of. Uh, uh, call it the crazy bone of the knee there, you know, on the mm-hmm. side of the kneecap, how it just, uh, you know, all tiny little bump and you'll wake up the next day and go, what the hell did I do to my knee? Oh, that's right. I ran into a coffee table. Well, this is a guy that's, you know, going full speed and running into whatever. So, but they have this Stevenson who came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the guys, uh, he made a great catch yesterday. He's faster than all get out. Uh, his bat might be a bit of a liability right now, but, you know. Uh, they're going to Cincinnati tonight to start a series, and they're running into the same uh, situation they did uh, with the team they played uh, uh, Tampa uh, a few days ago, mm-hmm. in that Cincinnati is only seven games behind the Brewers. Uh, and I say only because the Cubs are six game back, so if Cincinnati's able to catch the Cubs, they got a shot at a wild card spot for the playoffs. So here again, Cincinnati needs a win. Yep. The Twins want to win, and those those are two different uh, two different uh, components there. Yeah. No. Do you? Because remember, we had we had picked uh, 1987. The KQ Morning Show picked uh, the Twins to win the World Series after about oh, two three weeks into the season. It did happen. Do you see anything magical like that happening with this team? Because they, they do remind me a lot of 87. I think they make a good run, but, geez, there's so many other teams yeah. out there. <clears throat> yep. I mean, there are you know at least a half a dozen good teams. Uh, you know, you look at uh, the Atlanta Braves, uh, the Astros. Uh, Baltimore, all of a sudden, is, uh, you know, all of their young talent has, has come around. Um. There's just a lot of good baseball teams out there, uh, and I think it's going to be, you know, whoever makes it through, number one, stays healthy. Uh, injuries, forget it. It's just like football. Uh, you know, everybody now is saying, oh, the Cowboys, they're going to win the whole thing. Oh, yeah, well, talk to me in about three weeks when your wide receiver is injured or you're missing two right. defensive players or, God forbid, you're your quarterback's hurt. It's a whole different deal. So, um, I mean, look what they were saying about the Jets before oh, the season started. Yeah. Now, Too look. soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you're an Aaron Rodgers fan? No, but I do have the – which doesn't affect it too much, but I have the Jets as uh, their defense for fantasy, and they actually – it would have been more beneficial if I would have just benched them because I got a n- negative one point. <laughs> yeah. From their defense on the last game. Well, I was going to say, have you not listened to any of the prognosticators about the Jets' defense? You think you think I would have taken that in, but I was still like, they'll get me a point. 
I didn't think they were going to get me negative points. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough one to have now because they're going to be playing uh, a lot of catch up, um, yeah. and you know, special teams points sure do make a difference. But uh, the Gophers' glaring thing in their game once uh, again is, yeah. you know, they can run the ball for over a hundred yards, but uh, they and they have they have a good wide receiver core, especially when Ottman Bell comes back. Uh, but they can't seem to get him the ball. So, is it the uh, do you think it's a quarterback, Jeff? He looks like a good quarterback, but man, I don't yeah. know. Something's something's missing. Well, I think it's the offensive line. Quite yeah, frankly. I think he doesn't absolutely. have a lot of time. Yep. Uh, and uh, as I've said before, you know, they had two uh, bigger backs transfer and uh, go to other schools. Which you know what. I'm glad for the athletes they can transfer, but I think it's really it really kind of sucks for the program that these guys yeah. can leave yep. at least before they had to sit out a year and wait. You know, now it's just like they are signing free agents. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the colleges, and at the end of the season, you know, all of these uh, assistant coaches and whatnot have connections to the decent players because uh, they've recruited them at some point in time, you know, or they know their high school coach or so there's a way of planting those seeds to get those kids to leave a school. And when you're a team like Minnesota who gets some decent players, but not as many as some of these other schools, I mean, uh, you know, Michigan, they could get rid of uh, a bunch of their uh, top uh, recruits, and they'd still be pretty damn good because they have second stringers that are as good as most other teams in the Big Ten. Well, I mean, Jeff, so. you have to understand, though, something about college football. The Gophers just won the national championship 62 years ago. Yeah, come on, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Cut him some slack. You know, we need a rebuilding year. You know. God, God love the U of M program, but when you go into uh, uh, – uh, the stadium down there, Huntington Bank Stadium, uh, and you see all these flags that say national champion and national champion, and then you see in smaller print, 1937. <laughs> <laughs> just the well, other day. Just the other not day. not even in the same category no. anymore. Yeah. Oh, rough. my God. Pass, i got to tell you, because I know you got to go, but uh, the people are loving it, uh, you filling in for Phil and Judd, and people are loving it, so I don't know what the hell we're going to do. We're going to have to have you on more often. People miss their Jeff Passolt, I'll tell you that. Is that right? Oh yeah. Well, uh, uh, what what bank do you use? Bilski, North American. <laughs> okay. Well, have him call me and we can figure it out. <laughs> we'll get that says, done. Exactly. Give me that bank. <laughs> give me that bank, baby. Castle is about that money. Jeff, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Pally. Hey guys, uh, talk to you tomorrow. And I great to hear the, uh, uh, the father son right author. No, father daughter. Close. Father, right. father. You had a 50 50 chance. You're the guy by kind of luck. You know what? These days, does it matter? Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you have to run. No, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know why I said son, because obviously, uh, you know, earlier I said put, her, put him in the ring with her. Uh, uh, but it's great to hear them. And I think, Tommy made a great point in that I, I think a lot of this went south. Now I'm getting off of sports. <laughs> when, Whoops. When we Oops. came up with this 
this damn diversity thing. And I said it years ago on the radio with you. Yep. The problem with diversity is, yeah, you can celebrate and everything, but we need to celebrate what we have in common. Exactly. You know, the diversity is, at the very base of it, is divisive. All it does is separate people. Yep. You know, Diverse. we need to come together. We've been talking about that all morning long, and, and I, we're not going to stop talking about it because we need to do we need to get these national news channels to stop spewing and puking out the hatred. That's all they do toward one another. One, it's Biden, oh. and one, it's Trump, and boy, you're the 24-hour news cycle is just yeah. destroying America. <laughs> it is. It's it horrid for yeah, everyone. And it's fear, and the thing that really pisses me off is they're scaring the kids. Yeah, that I agree. really is because all of these children now that have anxiety problems because of, you know, uh, climate change and uh, because of what happened with COVID, that is a crime. Yeah, I that agree. Somebody should be punished for. All right. All right, pass. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> talk to you tomorrow. We'll be right back, and you guys get to close out the show. Yeah. we got to talk a lot more about the Barons, though, because we're okay. talking about everything but your book. So right back with Kurt and Ellie. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Tom Bernard here for Power Lodge and Miller Marine as lake season throttles down. Trust the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine and Power Lodge, to protect your passion. Call today about Power Lodge Miller Marine's limited-time winterization specials. They're offering free storage with the purchase of a new boat. Get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious, I said luxurious Bennington, with unbeatable employee pricing stacked on top of rebates. This is the best time of the year to buy, and there's nothing wrong with fall water on the lakes with beautiful color-changing cruises. You know what I'm talking about. Need a power upgrade? They'll store that new motor for you, too. Prepare now and bundle up your boat for a worry-free launch next spring. Pontoon Passion starts at Miller Marine and Power Lodge. Free winter storage with the purchase of a new boat from my personal buddies at The Lodge and Miller Marine. Throttle therapy on and off the water at millermarine.com and, of course, powerlodge.com. Oh, and if you mention Tommy sent you from the Tom Bernard Morning Show, before the uh, summer is done, you'll receive total consciousness. So you got that going for you, which is There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. 
Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids. A cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew Old-Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We got about eight, nine minutes left in the show. Kurt Johnson, Ellie Johnson in studio. The Barons, the name of the book by both of them. Uh, we should probably talk about your book, don't you? Yeah, did I, mention, <laughs> did I mention already that we did win the Minnesota Book Award? You yeah. did. Plug it again, though. Why not? <laughs> and wait, who, what else did this publisher uh, publish is the real question. What other... <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. See, we're working on not saying it. Uh, yeah, I forgot already. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, yeah. how crazy. I mean, the idea, have you guys had this idea, something you've taken on before, is right, working together with writing? Or are you somebody who tries to pull everybody into your writing? Because it kind of feels like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, writing is really fun, and it's fun doing the uh, the research on it and Google and yeah. talking to people. And and uh, I had written a couple books uh, before I started this one, none of which could be published. Um, but um, uh, And I, I started writing this book with Ellie, thinking it's just going to be a quiet book. Yeah. You know, two women paddling, kind of a love story, though there, it's an adventure too. And I didn't think it was going to go anyplace. So it was just fun for me to write. Yeah. And it was fun for me to talk to my daughter and... You know, it was kind of a rabbit hole because you start talking about, you know, what's it like on the Thelon and, yeah. you know, is is Grassy Island really grassy? <laughs> and, you know, so. what, what, <laughs> what, what does a muskox look like? Yeah, you know? great question. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think also, too, when I came off trail, he was the only person who was really interested in the nitty gritty of, like, my route, the stories. What, yeah. what was it like running a set? What, what Did you ever feel like you were in danger? Yes, often. Um, and so going from that to kind of like we going into this had always had a relationship. We, we grew up close. I grew up skiing. So we did a lot of road trips together. So we've always been pretty good at talking, telling stories, yeah. getting into discussions and arguments. And so it was a pretty natural segue to just start talking about this trip and then talking about, you know, the characters who would embark on a trip like this. Um, but it did kind of force a little bit of like questions and conversations that we had not previously yeah. thought about having. Yes, and then the sexuality piece. And you know, to make it <laughs> honest, you got to go down that road. Yeah. And to make it honest, it, it just can't all be pretty because we grow up with functional relationships and dysfunctional <laughs> relationships. And to not show all those different sides, then you're just kind of, you know, being a mammy pamby about it and not really doing the homework that you should do. And normally, doesn't it feel like writing would be a really lonely process, but the way you mm. seem to take it on, it's like a social aspect. Yeah, and, and writing is usually 
um, a solo pursuit and it's lonely. And I'm a, I'm a loner, you know, I'm an introvert, so it kind of works for me. But yeah, it's fun to be able to talk to my daughter you gotta, and you get out of it a little dues, bit. You got to pay your dues, though. No one can ever like sit at the computer next to you and yeah. type the keys for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So to a certain extent, I mean, he has to sit and pump out a thousand words a day, and that's that's always going to be like a isolated process. I couldn't do that. What, I can't work? be. A, yeah, work. <laughs> work. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, I know videos. radio doesn't feel like work. It's ever. not work. <laughs> No, not the not way work. I do it. Um, Honest to God. Not a day in my life. Look at these <sighs> soft hands. <laughs> Even in radio, you get a callus. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. No question about it. I love that take you had. It just made me think a lot about when you and I were talking about my family and your family. I do not know of one gay person in my family on either side, cousins or anything. And you said in your family, there are about eight. Well, no, uh, not well, necessarily my family. Well, just, this but I do, I mean, I, I can think of one family in particular. They have uh, two twins, a boy and a girl. They're both gay. And then they have two aunts who are gay. And then their, like, grandpa came out as gay after mm-hmm. their grandma died, like, just within the last year or so. And that was, I was talking that's about, like there's, like, sometimes eight. That's, like, but, a very weird thought. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that uh, it... Good for him to live in that truth, like getting some portion of his life to live in that truth <laughs> right. in whatever like Grace ways. And Frankie, I love that. That's about I love yeah, Grace the late life coming out. It's yeah. a great show. Yeah. But great show. the thing about it is, what if it is genetic? Then what are you supposed to do? I think what it am very I supposed well to do? Could be, and I don't exactly. Well, I think it's who cares. Yeah, I who mean, cares? Who cares? Ellie Self- was four or five years old, and and people are like. Oh, she's gay. <laughs> That's the gayest four-year-old I've ever seen. What a weird conversation. Oh, yeah, and to my wife, uh, oh, you just found out? That's oh, funny. yeah, my mama's thrown for a loop. But you're she too like, in it. You're too in it to see that. Like, when I, she's like, oh, she, oh, she's dated men. I'm like, well, of, of course, course I, I have. Did. Of course I have. We all have. And also, none of them are men, by the way, when you're like eight or nine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I remember my, my cousin always brings up the time I asked my parents for Christmas for knee-high converse. That was the, a good sign. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> we did not buy those for her. And my cousin said, like, only lesbians wear those. And my mom's like, no, one of our salespeople does roller derby. She's really cool. She has those. You're like, yeah, she's... Is, is she a lesbian? Well. Well. <laughs> well. That's not the That's point. such a Minnesota thing to say. Well. Well. <laughs> I have a stepbrother. We grew up together. We're the same. He's uh, three months older than me so we were in the same grade all the time Mike and Mike used to always um I met him when we were in seventh grade so I was able to see that but like when you're too in it you know my stepdad's like you never know you never know um but he used to always (laughs) completely compensate where he'd be like Brittany don't you think that uh Britney Spears is so hot and I was like yeah I think we both look at her the same way Mike (laughs) there you go isn't Britney Spears so hot? He's like, I love her. I love her chest mounds. Her love her whatever. Yeah, love her boobs. Her They're great. Boobs look fantastic. In that shirt, Mike. Is it in that shirt? Are you gonna say? Because I agree. I concur. Same. I love that outfit too. Same. Same, Mike. Yes, I'll watch. Yes, I'll force you to watch. Bring it on again. Let's go. You know. Like. Well, so in in the book, there's one of the women who go on this trip. She like she knows she's gay going on this trip, but yeah. she's not out to her parents, and that yeah. becomes one of the the through narratives and i think what's it, we kind of base it on some of our own personal history and like people we've known and people that i've known but it's not about like homophobia and this idea mm-hmm. of like religion or 
gayness being acceptable, but gayness being acceptable within society and, like, the implications it has on, like, your parents. And that becomes, like, more of the dynamic at play. And I think that's, you know, you talk about being referred to as homophobic. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's homophobic to critically engage with how gay people are perceived in society, how they operate in in, in society, and this fixation we have on why someone's gay or if they're actually gay or what part of this weird spectrum of sexuality they're on either way if you're dating a woman in public that has an implication on you socially yeah maybe whatever that is that yeah. instead of whatever title you want to put on it it's also like how exhausting to just go like if you told me your favorite color is red and i was like are you sure it's red? <laughs> you do that all the time. Yeah, but I do attack you a lot. That's <laughs> all she ever does attack me. What yeah. are you talking about? And it's like, about? are you sure it's red? But you don't know if it's red unless Have you, you tried, tried green. Blue. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. We both picked a different, yeah, totally. Oh Absolutely. And it's just, what's the difference? It doesn't, nothing matters. None of it matters. Like, yeah. it's got to be exhausting. And I actually wish people well that work that hard on trying to figure other people out. Like, I am trying to figure out what we're having for dinner and, like, having everybody just, you know, somehow combined together in whatever way that is. But like, I don't need to know Ellie's inner thoughts. I don't need to go like, hey, what 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 exactly are you thinking when you do that? Like that doesn't. You matter. certainly don't need to validate my sexuality as a different person to respect me and yeah. respect my yep. right as a person in a room with you. I would hope that like I don't know what weird shit you're into, Tom, and I don't want to validate. That. <laughs> well. Whoa. On that note. <laughs> Boy, look at the time. Right? That's all I have to say. Uh, where can people find the Barons? Uh, they can find it at their local bookstores. We always like to uh, help out the independent bookstores sure. in, um, in the world. Uh, but that, if you need to find it online, it's there too. Magnificent. You guys got to come back. Yeah, that'd be super we gotta fun. We got to schmooze more about this. Please. We got to spend more time talking about genetics. Because how are they going to argue that, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Well, there's yeah. a huge genetic component. That's what I'm saying. How, and how are you going to attack someone for their genetics? So well, yeah, yeah, you can't. Really? Yeah, you're gonna, just, really? You're yeah. going to attack me for that? It's like huh? the no. same thing as attacking someone because they're a twin. Like, exactly. that's so funny <laughs> that's to think about exactly it. Right. Oh, gross. You shared a wound. Also, what impact does it have on you? Right? <laughs> Why I don't, do you care? I don't. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Oh, yeah. Nelly, great guest today. Yay. Thank you very much. We don't usually keep people around for two hours. What? <laughs> you guys are solid I, one. I, I, I never understood this job and how some people can talk for hours on end. I'm married to one, but I still don't understand it. Yeah. I, I, I got to hand it to all you, and my daughter's a natural. Yeah, you are. Ali, you've always been really good. Cheers. I've had some practice. <laughs> That's going to do it. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, me.